He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. Uh, we are at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. And uh, five-star subscribes and shares and ratings are appreciated. And uh, awkwardwithevan.com for old episodes and all those places I just mentioned. And for support, patreon.com slash funnyevan. But I will get back to that later. Uh, <laughs> I've had an interesting uh, last 24 hours. Sometimes I sit on these for a few weeks, these episodes. But I wanted to get this one out right away. Um, wait a day or two. Um, what happened was my last Facebook friend, Alex, um, who I enjoyed talking with him and he had a good time. Um, the fact that he works at, at Prager University and that I shared this interview with my fraternity online uh, kind of – uh, split it, split, uh, split the audience a little bit. And, uh, I'm not saying I agree with everything that I talked about with Alex. I'm not saying that I disagree with everything I talked about. I, I just wanted to share the reconnect, uh, of it all, but you know, I didn't think I would cause so much upset. I had a post in my private Theta Chi group of which I love being a brother. I would not have a comedy career without Theta Chi. Um, and who knows what else. So, um, I posted the interview or at least, you know, a collage and, um, I mentioned that's where Alex worked and, you know, he, he, he's, he's feisty and he's, and he's a good dude, but you know, I didn't want to create it to where on that post I had about 370 comments, uh, from all types of people all over the country. And that was not what I really wanted to create. Um, that's not the way I want to get my engagement, but, um, so I agreed with the admin of that group to take down the interview because of what it was causing. And, you know, it got some people were, were causing more trouble than others and some were attacking me. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I'll, I'll block who I got to block. I don't have a problem doing that. Um, if I need to, but you know, it was an unpleasant, uh, last day, but it actually got me, uh, some people reaching out to me, some new Facebook friends. And one of them I am speaking to you about, uh, I'm speaking with right now. His name is Joey Longo. He is another brother from Theta Chi. This is almost the aftermath, uh, reaction to my last interview. But, um, we actually uh, had a great time. We've never spoken before. And, uh, it was, uh, really fun to just connect. And I don't think we said anything that would, cause everyone, anyone to get pitchforks or get me booted or anyone deplatformed. So, uh, I think we did a good job. I was very impressed with Joey and it was good that, you know, we just got to shoot the breeze, talked about, you know, his chapter, talked about his nationals winning the world series, talked about COVID, talked about the election, did talk about politics. But, um, I think it's from a place that where a lot of conversation should be taking place. So I'll be sharing that with them again. I mean, I'm not going to be getting uh, a ton of people, but, um, uh, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't, it's whatever. Whoever wants to listen to it can listen to it, but, um, 
just enjoy. This is another, he's my newest Facebook friend. We've been Facebook friends less than 24 hours. And just like that, he's on the podcast. Boom. This is my talk with Joey Longo. Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Um, and let me give you some backstory. Uh, yesterday, I had my Facebook friend, uh, Alex Jimenez. I posted his, uh, my interview with him to a Theta Chi group on Facebook. And, you know, I always do that when I interview a brother. But you know what? I, I could have taken into account the fact he, he does work for Prager University, which whether, you know, for or against that, I guess it pushed a lot of buttons. Um, about 370 comments were made on this post and uh, yet not as many downloads of the interview, but it did get me new Facebook friends from Theta Chi fraternity. And one of them is Joey Longo. I do not know which way this man leads politi- leans politically. I, I don't care. He can be a socialist for all I care. That's fine. He can wear a Bernie Sanders tattoo on his face, but we're going to find out right now. Uh, Joey Longo, it's good to meet my one of my newest Facebook friends. Hello, sir. Hey, Evan. We actually uh, we've crossed paths a couple of times, oh, no. um, but in person. I, I think you came to Radford University in yes. either 2012 or 2013. Yes. Um, I was either pledging at the time or I had just been initiated. Uh, I vaguely remember you you did an act at one of the large auditoriums and. Um, you might've right. gone to the bar after, I can't remember, but, um, let me think I, my Radford, I, Radford's one of my favorite chapters. I had one, some of my best, like promotional materials come from Radford. Um, I forgot the guys. I mean, Steve Hartman, I think is someone I met there. No, Steve is from a different chapter. I don't even know. They all blend together. Um, yeah. but with Radford, I had a great show in back, even in like 2007 or eight. That's, um, and that was cool. That was back when people were excited that Taylor Swift was coming to campus, back when she could still go to a campus. Um, I came back to Radford a few years later, same thing in the cafeteria. But in 2014, um, I was brought on during, I think it was an outdoor carnival or something. But you guys had maybe some event at that time in 2014. But you've met me though. so. Maybe that second Radford show was was later or different. Yeah, I think I, I met you once in Radford and once actually in Indianapolis, perhaps at a national event. Um, if mm. if you've been to those or have ever been, gone to those in the past, yeah, I've been. I went to the one fiftieth, and I went to in when it was in Palm Springs. I did comedy at the Palm Springs one. That was like back in like twenty twelve. Um, I've been to Indianapolis since I saw headquarters. I don't know if I've been in an event. You might think I'm someone else, but either way, it doesn't matter. You have enough mutual friends where I gave you the thumbs up. So, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and you yeah. know that's that's why I wanted to reach out. I I was uh, I was browsing Facebook, like you said last <laughs> night, and I, it it once you you know you scroll down, and I guess it's they curate it so whatever yeah. the most relevant thing to you maybe will pop up first on your feed and here's this theta chi thing with a million engagements on it oh, yeah what the heck is going on did, did something bad happen did whatever <laughs> and so i'm just scrolling through scrolling through not knowing the backstory whatsoever um, right and just see a lot of nastiness from a couple different people and um you know thought what you're doing is a cool idea. You know, let me engage with my Facebook friends, a lot of which 
our brothers, a lot of which I, I may have in common with, I may not have in common with. So let's have a conversation. And yeah. that that comment thread was absolutely not the way I feel like people should go about things. <laughs> so here I am. I reached out. Um, I'd love to chat about yeah. who knows what, who cares what, because yeah. that's how I feel like things should be done. And yeah. Uh, not, not the other way around. So, um, I'm glad this was able to happen. Yeah, man, it's good. I'll, I'll tell you about that post. What's come out of it. Um, admin did reach out to me this morning and was like, um, we should probably take this down. It's not, it's not nothing against you, but, and I'm like, that's fine. Take it down, but just take it down. The post that screen captured that because I blocked one of those people that was harassing me, um, that I since unblocked. But I will tell you right now, I will, I will reblock them and I will block some of others so that they don't have the, the luxury, I guess, of listening to what we say. But I got a lot of, you know, thumbs ups and ads and, and I mean, for 300 and some odd people to comment, but you know, honestly, where we're at now, maybe like 50 people have downloaded the episode. I didn't even talk about what we talked about during the episode. I do know, like, obviously, you know, Alex is he was cool enough to to bring me into his chapter and do a philanthropy. So I want to bring him on. Um, I agree with some viewpoints of that side of things. Um, I, I'm personally, I'm a, I'm a libertarian, but I mean, whatever, I don't, I don't, there's weaknesses in that party as well. So um, I think there's obviously, that's why it's good to have that conversation. Um, but, you know, I was harassed a lot and, you know, I had to block someone from like my own chapter that I've had problems with in the past, but and he's like, what are you going to do, block me? And I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> so this is not a big deal. I don't want to deal with that. Um, but what did, I mean, do you, uh, do you have, I don't want to like start to polarize. I'm not even going to like promote what we talk about when we, when, when I'm going to post this in our group. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't, the, it's not the way usually brotherhood goes down. Um, yeah, and especially you look at the times, you look at the environment around us, it's it's polarizing and everything can be kind of looked at in a political kind of light where six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, you didn't look at everything going on political. Like a, a pandemic a decade ago would not have been political. Um, you know, environmental issues 20 years ago should not have been political. Um, you know, basic human rights, basic women's rights should should never be political. Here we are. We make everything that happens political. <laughs> and it's certainly caused a noticeable divide in the country. Um, people are choosing sides when really they need to be realizing that we have so much more in common than we do uh, our differences. At the end of the day, most people with a with an ounce of common sense all kind of prioritize the same thing. You know, they want a healthy life. They want to be able to work a job. They want to be able to make money so that they can buy a house, have a family, feel safe, feel protected by our government, feel like the government's there to help us out in various situations. I would say 99% of Americans want that. And they yeah. just think there's a million different ways to get to that point. And so if we start talking to each other from a standpoint of what do we have in common and maybe we can work outwards there um, yeah. in terms of some of the hot button issues, 
um, rather than immediately starting the conversation from either the far left or the far right and yeah. just going to battle. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. And I was kind of speculating on like, you know, like what's the origin story of that divide? And um, had you yet seen Social Dilemma on Netflix, that documentary? To be completely honest with you, I had watched like the first 20 to 30 minutes of it and it bored me. I turned it off. (laughs) Um, It was, it was stuff I already knew, you know, I've seen the 60 minutes on social media algorithms. I know how they are literally engineered to uh, cause argument, cause divide, cause you to not like one another for X, Y, or Z reason. So I'm not going to fall into that trap of being fooled for a hundred times a week. Uh, seeing something pop up on my feed that I know is there for a reason. I know it's there to trigger me. I know it's there to piss me off. Yep. Right. Too many people uh, become a victim of that. And, and an example of that was, was certainly last night. They, it was just kind of a clash from the get go. And I feel like a lot of the people commenting uh, maybe didn't even have the download. You say hundreds of comments, but only 50 downloads. What does that tell you? They're rushing right. to conclusions. They're, they're jumping to conclusions without actually taking the time to look into what was said and um, how maybe we could agree on certain things there. Right. And um, yeah, because I, I see, I've watched the, the whole documentary and I think it's, you know this stuff already, but if you present it in just the right way, I think it, it lands a little. And I think the, that documentary landed a lot for people. And I think while it's a great technological advance uh, of social media, I feel like since the advent of Twitter and all the ability to instantly have those like reactive spewings uh, on all sides, like I've, I've silenced people, I've snoozed people on, on Facebook that are also in my phone. Like they're legitimate friends, but I'm like, you're even posting stuff I agree with, but I don't want it for this much, for this long. Like I just want, I want it chilled out a little. Like there's so much I'm trying to, to fight on a state level and, on a, and like politically, like I, I ran for state Senate like in, in fall in the, in for the March primary. Um, and yeah, you're just, you know, you don't want to be around it all the time. So that's why it's it's good to unplug. But at the same time, if you're fighting for something, you have to to blast it. And it's odd because I've been at a protest where, sure, like we're trying to recall our governor in California because I want to and we want to and because of lockdowns, et cetera. Um, but there's a, there was a protest like on the Huntington Beach, on like the beach and there were those people for the recall protesting, but then there was a BLM protest at the same time. And it's like, they were protesting against each other, yet they're not even protesting against each other. Like those causes do, they can, you can, you can support both. So, you know, it's just, you know, everyone's always looking for a dance partner or an opponent and, you know, you don't have to, but it it creates good narrative. So yeah, and, and there have been several uh, independent and third-party studies to show that a lot of these uh, protest meetups are almost falsely staged uh, by people who want to see a clash. I think uh, there was an example in Texas. Right. There was on, on Facebook an event for like a, a Second Amendment 2A rally. Right. And the same group of people who uh, started that also started a like a Black Lives Matter rally like across the street right same time same place on purpose they engineered 
a clash. They, they engineered that and they got what they wanted. People showed up to both and arguments were started. That stuff happens, yeah. um, you know, moving up into election year, it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's no secret that there are other countries and governments that are trying to influence, uh, you know, nationwide, statewide, local sure. election in different types of ways. And sure. it's important to be vigilant of that um, and to take what you see with a grain of salt, especially mm-hmm. when it's on a website like Facebook or yeah. Twitter. How yeah. reliable is this source, right? Am I looking through the details? Am I educating myself on, on what I'm seeing out there? How much truth is there to this? And it's important that everyone on both sides, left, right, right in the middle, yeah. uh, we, we educate ourselves on, on what we're seeing, why it's there and what it means. Yeah. I just feel like, yeah, it's annoying to have the, the default program of that side is always wrong. When, no matter what side you're on, like I just, you know, you got to unite for something. And uh, the only thing you can really do that for is like war. <laughs> and you don't, you don't really need war. Um, okay. So let me, let me ask you then personally, you are, you seem very diplomatic and even keeled. Um, what, what is your, or like you found, you went to Radford, you graduated. Radford. I know like you were doing some, what kind of like tech thing you were doing at, at Radford or was there like a, some groups you were a part of besides Theta Chi? Yeah, I can walk you through it. I yep. I um, pledged Theta Chi at Radford in the spring of 2012. It was a deferred accruement model, so I wasn't able to pledge the fall semester of my freshman year. So I waited a semester. Right. I got the minimum GPA requirement. Um, and Theta Chi was always pretty high on my list because I had been hanging around for pretty much that whole first semester. Um, rush week was a breeze. I got the bid. It was an easy decision, obviously. Yeah. Um, Pledging was a ton of fun. I learned so much, uh, made so many friends, you know, not only my pledge brothers, but the active older brothers and yeah. um, other uh, Greek men and women in the Radford Greek life community. It was all pretty tight knit. Yeah. Um, so then I, within Theta Chi, I went on to hold the historian position and the marshal position. Okay. Um, and I became the IFC president my sophomore and junior year. Um, and oversaw the um, governing body there, the IFC. Um, after Radford, I moved back home towards my folks' house to Northern Virginia, um, yep. about half an hour outside of Washington, D.C., yep. and I took up technical recruiting. I was a communications major at Radford, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do in my career. I knew that I had a lot of options, and there were a lot of things that interested me, um, so I just kind of got a communications degree. I graduated with about a 3.0. I was yeah. not a great student by any means. Right. Uh, but I, I feel like I developed a lot of social skills, a lot of practical skills that you don't necessarily learn in the college textbook while being on my own right. for the first time away from home for four long years and um, making those connections, those those relationships both on and off campus was right. incredibly valuing to me. So Upon graduating, I moved back home to Northern Virginia and I became, I got a job as a technical recruiter. Right. There was one of the uh, only, you know, jobs up in the area that was hiring entry level folks with hardly no experience at all. You know, all you needed mm-hmm. was a degree and right. a strong work ethic because it was a commission based job. You know, you, uh, you were in control of, of how much or how little you made. And so that was pretty motivating to me early on. And, and I did that for about 
two and a half years and, and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, got kind of burnt out by, you know, that whole salesy type environment and, okay. um, went to a much smaller company to recruit for them. And so I've been here for almost three years now. Um, a small uh, government contractor called NT Concepts. We okay. specialize in software engineering solutions, data science solutions, artificial intelligence, machine learning solutions for various government uh, clients in both the defense space and the intelligence space. Oh, wow. Um, so we're about 150 employees currently headquartered right there in, in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, mm -hmm. um, serving the the DOD and Intel clients that are, are kind of scattered all about Washington, D.C. Um, so that's what I do. Um, never had any kind of background in political science or, uh, you know, or sales or finance or, mm -hmm. you know, uh, how to, you know, work in a mechanic shop. I can barely change a tire or change oil as it is. So I, I like to think of myself as uh, a level-minded person with no true expertise in one field. I just have like a kind of a, a high school diploma level knowledge of a <laughs> whole lot of stuff, yeah. right? Uh, without, you know, uh, and a subject matter expertise level knowledge in, in one area, which is kind of the way I like it. I feel like yeah. it allows me to uh, make new friends, hold a conversation well, talk to anybody, um, you know, use a absolute common sense approach to uh, handling things and handling issues. And um, that's kind of my background and, and where I am and how I got there. All right, we're going to pause a little with my talk with Joey. Um, I'm going to tell you the most direct way you can support this podcast besides five-star ratings on iTunes. Um, it's to go to a website, patreon.com slash funny Evan. Um, that's where I have patrons support me on a monthly basis so that I can keep doing this so that I can, you know, take some, take an hour and just talk to someone and reconnect or connect for the first time over social media, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of cynicism about social media, but there's a lot of positives that can come out of it. And I think I'm trying to make this podcast one of them. So there's a lot of reward tiers based on how much you want to help me out. Uh, as little as a dollar a month uh, can hook it up and uh, give me more time to just, you know, interview person after person. I mean, I don't mind making this my life's work and uh, just trying to interview 4,000 people if I can track them all down. Um, but yeah, that's the way you can help. And uh, let's get back to my talk with Joey. So when, when you're a technical recruiter, I know so much about so little about so many things you're trying to recruit people that help you like design things or you like what yeah what you're yeah there's i mean we have uh, a research and development slant to our company where we okay. invest in trying to um, develop you know futuristic cutting-edge solutions we have billable government programs maybe it's perhaps you know maintaining legacy systems or databases that don't require a whole lot of the, the futuristic type stuff, just more of a maintenance level stuff. Uh, you know, we are active on a lot of different contracts and programs, mm -hmm. you know, um, several different customers. So it's, it's pretty a diverse portfolio of what we do, but at the end of the day, it's that wheelhouse software engineering, data science, cool. AI, ML, ML, machine learning uh, wow. type of capabilities that we offer to a lot of our government clients and customers. Whoa. Okay. I think, and I also think I, I probably got in touch with you. Well, the thing in Indianapolis, you mentioned that I did do AFLV one year uh, I was, in Indianapolis. Yeah. I, I did really poorly at that event. I don't remember. Um, and then I did another one in the West and it was, I just, it was not my, my venue, but 
I think I'd also maybe tried to contact you maybe directly as an IFC president of probably when I was like pimping myself every year, I, I was doing that to Greek systems and that's probably how um, you saw my name. So again, yeah, I'm trying to yeah. reconnect the dots of how it all is. Um, have you had a nice COVID these past six months? <laughs> what have you, I've, your reaction to the, the regulations or how you've made it work or have you been remotely working or, you know, what, whatever you want to say. Um, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, when life gives you lemons, you ought to make lemonade. So yeah. it, you know, it, it absolutely has affected a lot of the things I was really looking forward to in 2020. Right. But it also has allowed me, um, you know, more time at home. Um, it's allowed me to do things I probably wouldn't have otherwise have been able to do with the at home work life balance I have going on for me. Yeah. Um, so you know, I was, I was really looking forward to just, you know, concerts and sporting events. That's sure. how I, I love spending my summer. I love going to nationals yeah. baseball games and I love going to Jiffy Lube live in Bristow, you know, for mm-hmm. a Saturday night country concert or a rock concert, you name it. Yeah. And so both of those things were, were taken away from me early <laughs> on and uh, you just kind of have to make do. But at the end of the day, I'm, I am not a selfish person at all. I understand the restrictions are here for a reason yeah. Um, I feel like I really am doing my part to keep my family safe, my friends safe, my neighbors, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my community safe by only making, you know, essential trips when I have to, yeah. I'm working full time from home. I haven't been into my office since like February at this point. Oh, gosh. Um, so, you know, we are moving along who it, it's, no one knows what it's going to look like in a month or two as we approach flu season. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a lot of people saying it's going to be worse than what we've already seen. A lot of people sure. say, you know, maybe not so much. So um, once again, we just got to trust our scientists. We have to trust <laughs> our medical experts. We yeah. have to, um, you know, trust the right people and look to the right people in, in yep. these types of times for guidance and, and advice. And we have to listen to them and we have to respect them. Yeah. Totally. And, and again, it, every, sometimes every opinion can be polarized as well. Like, well, no, I want that scientist. No, not that scientist. That's no, not that science, that science. I want your science, but not that study. So yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll pivot then. How fun was it following the nationals winning the world series last year? Uh, it was, it, it was awesome. You know, we were not expected to even be in the picture. Bryce right. Harper had signed in Philadelphia, <laughs> uh, you know, that off season, we kind of pushed all the chips in the middle of the year before, right. uh, cause you know, we hosted the all-star game, hosted the home run derby, Bryce won. That was going to be like the turnaround moment for that season. And right. it never came to fruition. So you fast forward to 2019 season, Bryce is in Philadelphia. You have some younger pieces in the mix and started out terrible, started out 19 and 31. Right. And rallied to have an amazing comeback, pushed through to September and October, um, just winning in dramatic fashion. They had a play in wildcard game against the Milwaukee Brewers where they were losing the entire game um, (laughs) and came back in the eighth inning. Then you have the uh, five-game series against the Dodgers that yeah. you win on a 10th inning grand slam. Yeah. Uh, then you sweep the Cardinals, and then the Astros, the cheaters, the team that <laughs> was the, deserving to be there, the team that, I, yep. that makes my skin crawl, my blood boil. <laughs> they're there, and they're in the way of our first-ever championship, and we take them the distance. We take them to seven. Wow. We have great pitching. Strasburg was 5-0 and in the postseason. Wow. 
Uh, the team was on all cylinders. The chemistry was great. And it was a really, really, really fun run. Um, you know, I was going to the bars and going downtown for most of the games. The yeah. atmosphere was electric. It's really similar to when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup uh, a year before that oh, yeah. in 2018. Wow. So, yeah, you guys have a good a good uh see trend going in your city see because like right champions that's what dc stands for see right now like you know i'm I'm from new york originally and we're we're all our teams are currently trashed except for like the yankees so you know we just you know we had our moments i guess but you know i'm a jets fan when's they're gonna i'm a knicks fan like help me so so (laughs) i feel so bad for you really (laughs) Like, oh, don't worry. We got uh, Tom Thibodeau is going to turn it around for the Knicks or uh, Adam Gaze. I'm like, oh, no, 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 get him red. Yeah. Get so, yeah, it's have you have you watched, followed this? I know the Nats, like, they lost some of their pieces and they're they're doing eh this year. But yeah, it, I mean, they're kind of like you kind of like wash the season away because of like the circumstances and how you're trying to process it. Yeah, I um, I really haven't been watching a whole lot of sports other than football. The the Nationals kind of crapped out early on, yeah. quickly became mathematically eliminated, I believe. And, yeah. and um, you know, I, I watched the Caps go to Toronto in the bubble, and uh, they flamed out in their first-round series against New York. So yeah. um, we're really happy football's back. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big fantasy football, um, daily fantasy sports guys. Oh, cool. Um, I, I love – um, I've been doing it for, you know, since middle school fantasy oh, wow. football. So, um, love doing that. Love keeping in touch. Um, you know, get the red zone package on TV. So you don't <laughs> have to go out to the, to the bars to watch. So it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah. I had a, one of my Facebook friends, I think he used to be, I think it was, he was a beat writer for the Yankees for the wall, wall street journal, but he wrote a book all about fantasy sports. Like he was kind of like ahead of the curve. Um, his name was Dan Barbarisi. So he was from my college and, uh, something I can forward your way. But uh, yeah, I've never really gotten into too much of fantasy sports, but uh, I don't know. Is, is it a big time commitment or how much, like if I was to get into fantasy, I'd obviously need to know my players and what their potential is, but is there, is there an abbreviated science to it or not? Really? Um, there's, yeah, it's half the time it's luck. You know, it, yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, it's gambling. You're gambling on the outcome of an event you have no control over. Right. So it's, it's going with your gut half the time, you know, reading what you see, what the experts say, taking it with a grain of salt because, you know, they've never played the game. They don't know what the offensive coordinator is, is cooking up for that week. Right. Uh, they don't have that inside knowledge. So, um, you know, it's, it's a roll of the dice. It, it really is, but it's, it's fun. And it's a great way for me to stay connected with my college friends. Yeah. Um, I've been in one league with my high school friends for over 10 years now. Nice. Um, and we get together once a summer to have our draft because of it. And it's, it's something that actually keeps us together. And I, I know so many people who have lost touch with their high school friends, people who grew up in the same neighborhoods with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I try not to take for granted being able to say I still have a great relationship with not only my Theta Chi brothers, but people I've known since I was 12, 14, 16, who I've, yeah. I've formed those early memories with. And, yeah. and uh, I'm fortunate to, to be able to say that. No, that's really cool. And then I guess, obviously, fantasy sports has better odds than playing the lotto. So that would not a big lotto guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I at least feel like I have some control because it's sports right. where the lottery, it's just, you know, I think it lets us like, less the power balls like $1 billion and then you all buy, but 
I've done a couple times I've done like the office pool where yeah. you know you you get five or ten bucks from everybody in the office. So For guess you, like the score of the Super Bowl. Your odds of winning and if you do yeah. win, right. put it all even right. Like, but I don't think I've ever gotten an individual big ticket. No, no. I yeah, yeah. few and far between. <laughs> okay. Uh so do I do I dare I'm gonna dare ask you anyway, because you wanted to you mentioned this. Do you could you even see what plays out when election day comes around and like who wins and how long you think it'll take to verify who wins and all that yeah, nutty stuff it's as certain- someone who has been a president himself <laughs> how would you um there was no yeah, recount when you had to it's interesting yeah. it's it, it's interesting i um you know i do think it's it's honestly a toss-up at this point um you know, it, it, it's, it's tough because you, you kind of want one outcome. You're so afraid the other might happen and vice versa, yeah. no matter what side you're on total, total uncertainty because you, you know, you have the incumbent candidate who is attacking the system that he has literally been in charge of <laughs> for four years. If, if the post service, if the postal service, which is a, U.S. government service right. that the president of the United States has been in charge of for three years. I don't believe you're allowed to necessarily make excuses as to the integrity or lack thereof of that very thing, right? right. You know, you're never going to see, especially in these days, the commander in chief say, "Oh, our military just got our asses kicked." No, you know, we're in control. We, we want to win. We want to make sure we have the, the strongest, you know, military infrastructure. Why can't, why don't we want the, the strongest, you know, internal infrastructure, mailing system, roads, bridges, right. um, you know, flood uh, maintenance and management, forest maintenance and management. <laughs> Look at what's happening in California. Oh, I know. I smell the, it today. So <laughs> the, our own infrastructure it is just as important as most other things we have going on. So I know I'm kind of going on a tangent right now, but you have the incumbent candidate attacking a system that he has been in charge of for three years. And you have the challenging candidate who has, you know, served an honorable career. Yes, there are question marks. There are absolutely question marks, both candidates. Oh, sure. Um, It's, you know, his, the, the challenging candidates whole thing is restoring the soul of the nation, which he makes really valid point. Because if, if you look, you, you wonder where our soul of a nation is now. You had the Charleston church shooting. You had what happened in Charlottesville. You had mm-hmm. what happened in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, attacks that where ideology and race played a massive, massive factor in, in those attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you look at the response to each one and, and wonder could there have been a better response? Could there have been a better answer to prevent something that happening in the future? Right. So um, it's just a toss up. The, the incumbent, you know, always has advantages, even when Bush uh, running for reelection in 04, yeah. probably just a, a terrible four year stretch for the country, for him, for America. And he pulls out a reelection. Um, so the incumbent has more power than you think, but there is something to be said um, with the news of, of uh, Justice Ginsburg's passing yeah, yeah. and how quickly 
um, this Republican administration is looking to pass a vote through for the Supreme Court. Um, right. The vibes I'm getting is they are extremely nervous. Uh, they are going to get crushed in November. Yeah. Um, if they were at all confident they were not going to get crushed in November, they wouldn't vote. It's that simple. But, yeah. you know, you one of the most powerful women in U.S. history just passes away. And an hour later, Mc, Mitch McConnell issues a statement saying we're going to fill this seat. Four years after um, Barack Obama had nominated Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court, 245 days before the election. Yeah. And that same Senate leadership said, um, this is not allowed. We are <laughs> setting a precedent right now. We are making a rule right now. Wow. Um, no, no Supreme Court nominations in an election year. So wow. um, if you're just now seeing hypocrisy on one side, you know, it, it's not new. It's, it's the fact that they are just really okay with the hypocrisy and seem to not let it phase them at all. Um, it's no secret Democrats are on the record saying they want to expand the Supreme Court. You know, I think that's a great decision. I'm not quite sure how long there have been nine justices, but surely you have to look at the status of the USA, you know, look at how big the US population was when they, when nine judges became a thing. And then you look at how big the US is in population now and say, maybe is it time for an increase? Maybe is it time to have a couple more opinions when it comes to the biggest decisions and the biggest cases in America? Yeah. Um, so it, long story short, I think it's 50, 50 right now. I think I'm afraid, um, we could start to see some ugly stuff happening over the next couple months. Um, and it's terrible to see, you know, yeah. you, you want free and fair elections. You want peaceful transfers of power. Um, you want to almost leave no room for doubt that, um, you know, it was a legitimate result and that whoever wins was worthy of, of the victory. And, um, you know, there, there's no room for doubt. And I just, no matter who wins, no matter who wins, all I want is for there to not be room for doubt. I, Mm -hmm. you almost kind of hope for a landslide either way. You kind (laughs) of have to hope that it's not a a Florida 2000 situation and, you know, a complete, breakdown fiasco happens you're right. almost hoping for a landslide in in either direction right and that's the way i see it yeah no i i think you know this this cycle i mean i've now seen enough of these cycles where this kind of happens every year every four years but it's like it's just different questions are being asked this time around because of covid and everything like that can, can usually it's like are you better off than you were four years ago? Or how's your life better? You know, usually those kind of questions are being asked and, or more taxes are being talked about or no tax or cut taxes. And it's just, it's, it's so bizarre. Like it, it just feels like it's also emotionally based. And I don't know. I mean, I've, I've no problem voting in person, but I mean, I'm in a state where we're going to vote by your, everyone's by default going to vote by mail unless they request it otherwise. Um, so it's a train. The only, my only hesitation with the mail voting is that I, I saw in like some ballots and I don't know if this is true or I'm hallucinating where on the back of the ballot, you can see if there's like an R or a D on it that on the outside of the ballot, then you can identify whether that voter is, is Republican or Democrat so that either way you can kind of like postal people or whoever outside the post office tries to get in 
harvest, whatever. Where'd you, um, but like, where did you see that? Right. That's where I, it was, um, it was, I saw the, the barcodes of ballots on the back. This was online. I don't know the source. I didn't promote it. Um, but I thought I saw where you could see the, the R or the D and then you can take the stack and put them off to the side. If the R and D is not on the ballots and that's great. I mean, then it, then it, who knows who we're hurting. Yeah. And in all respect, that's, it, it goes directly to the point I was trying to make earlier yeah. where especially over the next two months, you are going to start to see a lot of funky stuff online. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff that perhaps has no truth to it at all. And it's on you as the person absorbing this content. Um, right. Do you take this at face value? Do you take this with a grain of salt? Yeah. Are you supplementing your research at all? Um, and it, it's, it's mind boggling how much just straight up falsehoods or, or inaccurate information is out there. Um, just, they're just wanting people with a little bit of doubt to, you know, absorb it, take it for face value, spread mm-hmm. it, share it yep. and, and cause, uh, you know, a shakeup in, you know, our election system and integrity of it. Yeah. Do, do you like that fact checking happens on social media or do you think those fact checkers are, are suspect as well? Um, fact checking. I, I, even like it says partially false. Well, I mean, partially false. That's, I mean, you, <laughs> that's, that's still false, right? Right. Something's partially false. I mean, I, I don't know much about the, the, Facebook fact checking system. Yeah. I never see, I, I never am scrolling and I, and I never see something that was flagged. Maybe perhaps it was removed before I was able to see it. Um, you know, if it comes to fact checking, you have to look as is Facebook employment doing the fact checking or are, you know, a hundred angry people on the other side of the aisle, just reporting this content right. or reporting this data um, right. And it's being taken down because it keeps getting reported and reported over again. So right. I think there's two sides to it. Maybe something's getting reported over and over again. Not so much Mark Zuckerberg is scrolling on his mouse looking <laughs> for something he doesn't like and he's personally clicking the delete button. Yeah. Um, so I would be interested to see how that process works and yeah. how content actually is removed. Um but I mean, I, I, I don't see much of an issue with it. It's certainly not a free speech issue. Right. Uh, free speech stops, you know, when, when you walk in the door of an establishment, you know, yeah. uh, you can't yell bomb on a plane. You, you can't uh, yell fire in a crowded theater. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, it, you're on someone else's property per se when you're on Facebook. You essentially right. sign off on those rights when you log into the platform. It's all there in, in the yeah. fine print. You know, they have the power to moderate. They have yeah. the power to decide what's on there and what's not. Um, and there is no such thing as freedom of speech on any kind of social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. anything. What you say is property of Facebook. What you say is property of Twitter. They can archive it. They can save it. They can delete it. You're playing in their ballpark when you log on to Twitter.com. You know, yeah. it, it's it's not a first speech thing. It's not a censorship thing. Yeah. It's if they don't like what you're saying, they have complete and total power to remove it or to scrub it or say whatever. Um, and you know, as, as the, as the right likes to say, um, you know, embrace capitalism, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make a better product and, and maybe you'll find success. And that's kind of their go-to thing. Um, when (laughs) they see, uh, liberalism or, or the left kind of infiltrate, you know, these platforms and, and they say that, 
right-wing voices are being shadow banned or, um, you know, muffled. Um, I mean, just look at the data. Maybe the majority of people don't want to be subjected to that. Um, You know, look at the elections. Every year um, since 96, I believe, 92, every year since 1992, except for 2004, um, the Democrats have won the popular vote in the election. They won yeah. the popular vote in 92. They won the popular vote in 96, 2004. Bush won on the premise that there were weapons of mass destruction in the Middle East, yeah. which turned out to be uh, a massive lie. <laughs> and then in 08, 12, and 16, you have the Democrats um, you know, crushing in the popular vote. Yeah. So it, it's no secret this country wants to lean a little left. It, it's no yeah. secret. The, the data is there. Only one election since 1992. That's longer than I have been on this earth. I was born in 93. <laughs> so since 92, there's only been one election in which a Republican president candidate wins the popular vote. What does that tell you about our system? What does that tell you about how Americans think, how Americans want to be governed? Um, the, the numbers prove that this is a slightly left-leaning country with millions and millions of people who are diehard conservatives. Yeah. Um, you know, diehard Republicans. And that's fine. We want to be friends with those people. We want um, to be a community. We are the United States of America. Right. Right. We, I, you know, I, I hate seeing the divide. I, I hate seeing the online arguments, the in-person arguments, um, you know, the, the negative interactions in these streets and in these cities. It, it breaks my heart and yeah. it needs to stop. And, and um, you know, we, we need some kind of unity here. Nice. So you guys can write in Joey Longo uh, this November for the party of your choosing, and he can just bounce out one of those running mates, I guess. That's, that's <laughs> what we're trying to say. Yeah. Well, well played. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to vote on election day. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to mail. I'm not going to vote early or absentee. I'm going to, I'm going to show up on, on Tuesday and, and, yeah. uh, you know, do my duty like I've been ever since the day I was allowed to vote nice. um, as a U.S. citizen. I'm going to vote. I, when I, well, the last election I voted for, I was running. So I got nervous and voted in person early. I'm like, I got to get voting. Right away. I'm a writing candidate. So yeah, that's uh, I'll, I'll probably vote in person early just cause I mean, I don't know if you're, if you're protesting in person that you don't want to vote in person, you, 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 it's okay if you wanted to vote in person, but I mean, obviously the mail, the mail's reliable enough where I don't think it'll be a big difference. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll just see. Um, okay. As, as we wind down here, do you have any questions for me? This is our first ever a legitimate conversation. Uh, we've been Facebook friends for less than 24 hours. Um, well, hopefully we'll, we'll meet again someday with that when, when we can, when I can travel. Yeah, you're in you're in California, uh, I'm right? In California. I right. was I was just out there last summer. I think it's beautiful. I would love to live there one day. Yeah. Um that's actually behind me right there. Yeah. That's me on the top of Half Dome in Yosemite. Nice. Oh wow. Um yeah, so I did that hike. Um took me a pretty damn long time. Um Redwood National Forest, Sequoias, uh went through San Francisco, Oakland. Um, beautiful, beautiful country down there. I took, um, um, state route one, the whole way down the, okay. the coastal highway, oh, cool. just stunning, stunning visual. Yeah. And, and, no, um, it's a great, I'm, I'm really, really itching to get back there soon. It's a beautiful, beautiful state. Yeah, no, it's a great geographically. I mean, the, what motivated me to run was like just some of the, 
the laws were reaching over a little too much. So are you talking about Gavin Newsom? Yes. Okay. So I live on the literal other side of the country. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know the day to day Gavin Newsom. I don't know what your qualms are with him or what your disagreements are with him. All I can say about the guy is every time I see him on TV, he looks super polished. He looks super professional. He is great articulator, a great orator, um, Mm -hmm. you know, talks, you know, kind of, I I hate to use the word presidential, but that's what he's seems very presidential. He cares so much uh, about the the climate and the environment, which um, if, since we're talking about politics, I will say that is my number one issue is the environment and is climate change. That's, at the top of my list, and it sure. breaks my heart that it's actually become a political thing, not just a humanity thing. Um, and so I've seen him a lot recently discussing the fires and, and discussing right. the environment out there. And then it's just every time I see him on TV, he he just seems like a really decent dude who knows what he's talking about, and it seems polished. So um, I, I that's the extent I know Gavin Newsom. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have your own reasons for opposing him. Uh, you know. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter to me. I, I can't vote for the guy. I'm not living in California. Yeah. So um, it's just been positive from what I've seen. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to do the opposite. There's currently a, a recall going on with about two months to go where you need about 1.45 million registered voters. This is how Arnold Schwarzenegger became governor uh, years ago. And so far, this is right now we're in the midst of the greatest grassroots effort that's been done in California because we have about half a million people that have sign this recall so far. And um, it's just like the legislature is done for the year. So it's really been one man rule for six months. So it's gotten a little unhealthy in terms of like checks and balances. And uh, I'm not going to get into specifics, but like, you know, he's, he's signed off on things, even if they affect his own family that have affected my kids ability to go to school or my ability to work for who I want to work for because there's been a big labor discrepancy that you know doesn't get the play it should um but but people are making noise and hopefully the labor secretary of, of federally is going to define what's okay for for being someone like me who's on my own that's okay versus being someone who is part of a company or a nine to five or something. So that's all. I don't want to get into it too much, uh, but I'm, yeah, I'm working no, I, hard I, on. Yeah. I appreciate the perspective. Um, you know, we, we, we need more of that. And um, it's, yeah, I, it, it's, it's something I never knew. So now I know something new. Just, yeah. And I'll tell you, I mean, I had in 04, I've like, well, how the hell could Bush have been reelected in 04? Like I was fine being a Democrat. I was fine supporting Obama and, you know, it's fine moved out here being a Democrat. And, you know, I, I switched over to just see what the best platform was and, you know, who knows, you know, you just gonna, I'm just gravitating towards, I just gravitate towards whoever is, is someone I can kind of aspire to um, politically. So on a federal level, I agree both sides are, are full of douches, but like in California, I, we have a climate where, you know, you have a supermajority where it's like, sure, we don't, where a senator of the other party has said, we don't, they've been, she's been told and kicked off committees because she's causing trouble when she's asking, when they're telling her, we don't care if it's constitutional or not, we're going to do it anyway. 
So that's why you do need a balance. Like I, I even have an account on Parler and it's not fun because I just go on there and I'm just like seeing all this one-sided stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to stay on this. So, you know, interaction and interchange is good. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope it, you know, you know, you have things like social dilemma that, you know, it shows we're, we're being polarized for a reason and conflict is what spurs um, emotion. And, you know, we just kind of take it from there. Absolutely. And I just wish more people could recognize it because, you know, if you open up your phone and you're going on social media and you see something that pisses you off. Yeah. Good Lord. Just turn your phone off, go outside, get some fresh air, walk around your house, do something. Don't let this absorb you. Don't let this affect you. Don't let uh, a meme or uh, a dummy link on Facebook (laughs) legitimately ruin your day. That's nonsense. Yeah. Uh, that is absolute nonsense. There are, um, you know, so many amazing things, you know, you can do um, socially distant, of course, just sure. outside. We're in the midst of Virginia's best weather all year, yep. late September. It's, yep. you know, in the 50s and 60s. It's down to like the 40s at night. This yep. is like my favorite weather, yep. taking long walks outside every day get to drive with the windows down. So there, there, there's just so much to do. And, and, um, you know, letting something on the internet bother you, yeah. uh, blows my mind, you know? Yeah. I know. That's why my, my shows were all canceled when this whole thing started. And I just like, I got to create some kind of like Corona talk to kind of like chill people out. And I don't know if it's dated already, but I did do it for like one college and, you know, it's just something like you guys got to stop watching the editorial mainstream garbage. Yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. This is cool, man. I'm, I'm glad we connected. Um, you have my vote. And um, is, there, is there anything people can, can follow about you? Is there something you would like to promote? Yeah. Um, I would love to promote the brotherhood. That's yeah. why we're here. That's the one thing we all have in common, right? So, um, you know, I don't think we said anything polarizing at all. No. Um, I don't think we said anything that's going to upset anyone or, or piss anyone off. So, um, you know, if, if I connected with you in, in some yeah. way at all, um, yeah. I'd love a friendship. I, I'd love for you <laughs> to reach out. Uh, perhaps you are in the computer science or data science space and, you know, you want to support the intelligence community or the defense community. Yeah. Um, I would love to offer a helping hand in that realm. Um, or just, you know, chat about whatever, um, you know, it's no secret that Theta Chi Radford right now is in a kind of a tough spot. Um, our status as a chapter is kind of in jeopardy right now for a couple different reasons. Um, kind of just a, a snowball effect situation, the straw that broke the camel's back, whatever cliche you want to uh, use. Um, you know, we've been kind of trending downwards for a couple of years and we're kind of at the point where, uh, you know, we need a, a slingshot turnaround and, uh, you know, we have a, a group of great alumni uh, that are, you know, devoting their time and will be devoting their time over the next couple of months to help set this chapter in the right direction. But um, if you've had any kind of similar experiences, we'd love for you to reach out. Uh, we're talking about the IOTA Zeta chapter at Radford University in Virginia. Sure. Um, so that's kind of what we have going on. So whether you're looking for a data science career or you want to help out the fraternity, um, I would love to talk either way. I'm a member of, um, you know, that that main group that um, started this whole thing. So if you just search my name, Joey Longo, I'm sure you'll find it. Nice. 
Good. Well, I, I'm I'm glad to have you on board, and uh, yeah, we will let let we will hopefully reconnect um, and in another time, uh, hopefully in Virginia. So, yeah, um, I would love to do this again. It's it's cool what you're doing. You're you're bringing people together. I've I've never done something like this. Yeah. I, I I think it's a great idea. Uh, I, I don't want the, the haters and the losers out there to bother you um, <laughs> and, and to harass you, no matter how different our views may right. be, um, you know, because we're, we're all more alike than we are different. And it's important to remember that. But I've had a great time with you this evening. Definitely looking forward to doing it again. And I'm, ap- I'm definitely going to listen to, uh, you know, more of your of your library there, your podcasts with, oh, nice. with other guys. And, yeah, and, no, I've had like maybe like eight-ish brothers so far I've spoken nice. to over the first hundred plus. So. Nice. No, I have there. a couple. I have a couple of guys in mind that uh, would love to hop on the phone with you. Well, uh, what you got is you. Guys. You can if if uh, if they're also my Facebook friend, they can come on. Otherwise, the rule I make to myself is someone can come back if they bring one of my other Facebook friends with them. So okay. I need someone new every time. Makes perfect so sense. You gotta, you gotta look look up the mutuals, happen. look up our yeah. mutuals, and see what we can do. Sounds good, Evan. Well, All thanks right. so much for having me on. This has been fun. All right. I want to thank Joey Longo for coming on the podcast. Good to reconnect with a brother and it's good to promote Theta Chi for the greatest good. It definitely helped me a lot in my life. And I think a lot of people knew that was the best choice for them. And uh, that's why brotherhood is a good thing. Um, another good thing is for you guys to share this with people and, and let them five-star review it and subscribe and write reviews. And it definitely helps get the word out about what I'm doing and how, you know, we're trying to use uh, the powers of good of social media to make this happen. And uh, if you can support a Patreon, great. Um, but yeah, we're going to get a new, we're going to switch gears right now. My next Facebook friend is probably going to be someone who's had uh, six attempts meant made on their life. So that'll be something. And uh, <laughs> it's just, that's what happens when you, you don't mind interviewing anyone where they come from, what's, what's happening in their current scene. So, uh, stay awkward, uh, because every episode is like that. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.